Man, first service was incredible. Um, I would just want to say this series has really uh, taken a right turn for me. And uh, it's one of those series, Get God Right, is that I, I, I think we'll continue uh, in some shape or form to continue to address this topic of God's attributes. This is going to be the last uh, message of Get God Right, um, but it's not going to be the last message on his attributes. Um, but I really believe that God really surprised me in this message series. Um, and it was this, is that he surprised me as, as I began to d- dive deeper and study the attributes of God. I started getting hungry for God. And, and I discovered as I got hungry for God that God was, uh, he was, he was instructing me that as a people, Listen, you can know all about God, but listen, if we're not hungry for God, you're gonna know a lot about God and not know God. And God, listen, in this season, God is inviting us to know him, listen, like you've never known him before, to discover the depths of all that he is. Listen, to have high views of God so you have a high view of yourself. To have a high view of God. Listen, so you're living the high life, not the low life. God is calling us higher. And when God calls a body higher, when he calls a believer higher, we have to be willing to say, yes, God, I'm not going back to the way I used to live. I'm not going back to the way I saw you before. I'm not going back to, come on, old man of God. I'm going to fresh revelation of who you are. This is what Pastor Jesse was exhorting us to today. Listen, our declaration is dependent upon our revelation of who God is. Listen, you listen, if you've never experienced or encountered his healing power, it's hard to declare that he is your healer. But this morning, maybe you're struggling in your body today. And listen, maybe you're under the sound of my voice and and you're weary and you're weak and you're tired. But can I tell you, I declare over you that he is your strength. Come on, that he is your fortress. Come on, that he is your healer today. He wants to give health to your body today. He wants to heal sickness in Jesus' name. Whatever you're facing, your revelation becomes your declaration of who God is. How many know the screens could not contain, come on, the nature and the character and the words that describe those things about him? Listen, it might not be on the screen, but can I encourage you? You can declare it today. Come on, we didn't sing that he's victorious, but how many know we are victorious? He is eternal. He Come on. He wants to release a fresh revelation to us. And listen, hunger for God. You see the same social media feeds I see, right? We all follow churches and and ministries that we see God breaking out over here and God breaking out over there. But you know what? Those churches and those ministries, they decided to go after God. I want to challenge us, what's keeping us 
come on, from being hungry when we come together? What's keeping us, listen, from encountering, come on, everything that he has for us? What's keeping us from the expectation that God is going to move mightily among us? Listen, that's our decision. That's not up to him. That's our decision because the Bible promises that those who thirst and hunger for his righteousness will be filled. That is an absolute. That is an absolute truth. If, we, if we're hungry, how many know he'll feed us? If, he'll, if we're thirsty, how many know he'll give us something to drink? And God is calling us in this season, listen, to just go after him with every fiber of our being, with everything that's within us. He wants us to lay it all out. I was talking to my sister right here at our backyard missions trip. And I was so encouraged listening to her and her roommate were with us at the Backyards Mission Trip. And she said, Pastor Dean, we're just, we just had a talk about, we're just all in. We're just going all in for God. Could you imagine what happened if we all had that heart? If we just said, you know what? Come on, I'm going all in for him. I'm not holding anything back. I'm giving everything. Listen, and I'm coming expecting God to do something above and beyond what I've ever experienced before in my life. You see, God wants to move us out of religion into relationship. Reminds me of a story that I heard about a teacher who gave their first grade class an assignment to draw something that was very important to them. So the class got all excited. It was buzzing. Little first grade class was buzzing. And she began to to walk around the class and she stopped at Tommy's desk. How many know all first grade boys are named Tommy? And she said, Tommy, she said, what are you drawing? And he said, I'm drawing a picture of God. She said, a picture of God? He said, you bet. She said, you can't draw a picture of God because no one knows what God's look like. Tommy looked at her and he said, oh, yeah? They'll know what he looked like when I'm finished. And as we finish this phase of this series, listen, my prayer is that your hunger for a high view of God has increased And you're not settling, come on, for a partial view of who he is and what he wants to be in your life. Listen, if you need strength today, how many know he can be your strength? Come on, if you need grace today, how many know he can be grace for today? If you need forgiveness, how many know he can be forgiveness today? If you need restoration, how many know he can be your restoration today? Whatever you need, listen, God wants to lift your gaze today. He wants to be the glory and the lifter of your head. He wants you to fix his eyes, fix your eyes on Jesus so that the things of this world will grow strangely dim. And as we've jumped into this series, I've realized that to expand our view of God, And this is what most of the series has been about. Listen, we've got to be hungry for God. We've got to be hungry for God. We've got to really want to know him. We've really got to go from where we are to say yes to where God is calling us to go. Again, our objective to this entire series is your view of God 
Who you believe God to be, what he is like is the single most important factor in your life. This is why your declaration is so important because God wants to show up in your life. Come on, how many know he wants to show up as your provider? Come on, he wants to show up as your refuge. Come on, he wants to silence the lies of the enemy that we talked about two years ago. He wants to give you compassion. Come on, in love, as Pastor Isaiah spoke to us last week about our high view of God, who you believe God to be, what he is like is the single most important factor of your life. Why? Because our knowledge of God's character and nature determines what we think, how we think, how we act, what we believe, how we worship, and how we live and invest our entire lives. I want to talk to you today about living a godly life. Notice I didn't say how to live a godly life. I didn't say how because I'm not going to give you a one, two, three on how to, ha- how to live a godly life because how many know God has given us everything we need to live a godly life? You see, healthy views of God enable you and I to experience the virtues of God, come on, flowing from himself to our lives. Do you hear what I'm saying? When we get a healthy view of God, it's not just now that I see God clearly. No, no, now I get to encounter his virtue. Now I get to encounter a part of him that becomes a part of me. And so now, listen, now when I'm experiencing his mercy, now I can extend his mercy to others. Now I've encountered his love. Now I can demonstrate his love to other people. Now that he's shown me grace, how many thankful for grace this morning? He's given me that undeserved favor. I realize that he's smiling on my life. I, I learned that he's, he's enjoying who I am and who he's created me to be. When I, when I have that grace and when grace has cleared up God for me in that area of my life, how many know I can extend grace to others? Same with kindness. Listen, if kindness leads me to repentance, how many know when I'm kind towards others, it might lead them to repentance? You see, a healthy view of God will lead you and I to personally experience his goodness, his patience, his holiness, his righteousness. And this is what I've discovered as you begin to explore the attributes of God. Come on, how many know you can keep going and going and going and the revelation of God just keeps unfolding and unfolding and folding. And come on, how many know his justice is connected to his mercy, his mercy is connected to his love. Come on, you can't exhaust. You can not exhaust studying the attributes of who he is because the virtues of God, the virtues of God point me to my values as a child of God. High views of God, you have to catch this, right? Why are we, why are we, Pastor Dean, why are you so adamant about us expanding the views of God? Why are you so adamant about this? Because the high views of God in me, come on, when I get a high view of God, high views of God produce in me high standards. Come on, strong ethics, integrity. How many know this stuff's important? behaviors that reflect, come on, my biblical beliefs, the fruit of the Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit does in my life. Listen, when, I am, when I'm declaring his majesty, when I'm declaring his glory, how you know, come on, God's character, come on, God's nature is imparted into my life so that I can express who he is to a world in need. Four people are excited about that. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
But low views of God keep us living low lives for God. And before we read our passage today out of 2 Peter chapter 1, I just wanted to give you some context to why Peter is writing this letter to what is now modern, the churches in modern-day Turkey. The first thing that he's doing is he's encouraging believers to diligently pursue godly character and a true knowledge of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the second reason why he's writing to the church of Turkey is to expose and denounce the dangerously and deceptive activity of false prophets and false teachers among the churches of modern Turkey that were undermining the original truth of Christ's message. And can I just say today, listen, there's a lot of undermining of the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ happening today because our lack of understanding, there is an undermining. But how you know we can when we understand and know the nature and character of God we can get him right this is what God desires for us second Peter verses 1 2 through 5 may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord by this divine power God has given us everything we need for living a godly life we have received all of this everybody say all of this Come on, not some of this, but all of this by coming to know him. Not just know about him. Not just know when Sunday services start at 9 and 1030. But no, no, no. Actually know and experience the presence and power of God in our lives. The one who called us to himself by means of marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, everybody say, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Listen, I want to start off by encouraging you with this. The grace and peace of God are indicators of your intimacy with God. The grace and peace of God are indicators of your intimacy with God. You see, living a godly life is not found in a formula. It is found in an intimate friendship with God. This is why I'm not giving you a how to live a godly life. Because living a godly life comes out of a friendship with Jesus. Come on. Listen, some of you, you're, you're, and I'm not bagging on, on Christian disciplines because we need to read our word. We need to pray. We need to spin. But listen, some of you are beating yourself up because you didn't read your Bible one day this week. Some of you are beating yourself up because you spent 15 minutes in your prayer time, not 30 minutes in your prayer time. And what I want to tell you, listen, if you miss your prayer time or you miss your Bible reading, yes, I am the pastor of this church and I'm speaking truth. Come on, somebody. Listen, if you miss your prayer time, if you miss your Bible reading, how do you know God can go with you in the car? Come on, how do you know you can fellowship with him? If you woke up late, come on, your day is not ruined. If you wake up late, come on, your day is not over. 
Come on, if you got a crucial meeting at 8 o'clock and you slept in and overslept till 7.30, listen, get in the car, get your cup of coffee, come on and start talking to Jesus, and he'll meet you at the meeting. Some of us, listen, we go, oh, man, I missed it, so I think I missed God all day. No, no, how many know he is omnipresent? Come on, he's with us wherever we go. Come on, if we'll acknowledge his presence, he's wherever we'll acknowledge him. Come on, he's in the drive-thru at In-N-Out. Come on, chick, he's right there, Chick-fil-A, divine mac and cheese right there, somebody. Living a godly life is not found in a formula. It's found in an intimate friendship with God. Listen, God is calling you and I in this season as we come out of a pandemic year where we've been isolated. Come on, where we've been frustrated. Come on, where all kinds of junk came up to the surface in our life. God is inviting you to be his friend. Jesus called us friends, not servants or slaves. He says, no, I'm your friend today. The more we grow in God and the more we know God, not just about God. Come on, how we know there's a difference? Not just about God. You could tell me about God all day and never know him and never really experience who he is. But the more we grow in God, Peter says, the more we know God, grace and peace should mark our lives. And this is one of the things, to be honest, that I see that Christians have lost the most of. Grace for themselves and grace for one another. Peace for themselves and peace for one another. So much confusion, so much chaos, so much chatty chat chat on the, come on, on the social media, all this stuff. Listen, we've lost our peace. I'll keep moving on because I know we don't want to talk about that. All right. First Peter says, may God give you more and more. Everybody say more and more. Everybody say more than enough. That, 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 more and more, that means you could just say, God, I want more. And how you know he'll give you more? <laughs> he'll always answer that prayer, God, I want more. Okay, here I am. God, I need more of you. I need more strength. Here's your strength. God, I need more peace for this. Here's your peace. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Knowledge in this verse, in the original language, is gnosis. Gnosis is more than intellectual. It is an experience with God, listen, that results in inward transformation. And this is what God is going after in this season. He's going after our hearts. Listen, God doesn't want to play church with his people anymore. He wants an intimate friendship with you and I. How do you know God's a good friend? Come on, he doesn't have an inner circle. Come on, how do you know we're all children of God? Come on, create it equally. Come on, treat it equally. Come on, what he'll do for me, he'll do for you. What he'll do for my kids, he'll do for your kids. Math wasn't my favorite subject. In college, anybody else? I mean, my entire life, math was math. I mean, in college, I needed one class. I remember going to the professor, and I said, what's it going to take? 
What's it going to take? I mean, I prayed. I, I literally fasted. I memorized Psalm 1 that everything I put my hand to would prosper. But that's how bad at math I was. But one of the things that I learned in fourth grade was my multiplication tables. Anybody remember that? And, 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 and our teacher, he played a game and he would, we, we all sat in rows and he would stand this student up and take the other, he'd pair us up and then he would do flashcards and the person who was answered the quickest would go to the next desk and they'd go against that student. And the last student standing, he would take to Wiener Schnitzel. That's the first thing that I learned about multiplication tables. If I could say it quick enough, I'm gonna get me a mustard dog at the Wiener Schnitzel. But the second thing that I learned was that multiplication identifies the factors that are needed for you to accelerate to the final product or outcome that ultimately will solve a problem. Can I say that again? I want you to hear it. Multiplication identifies the factors that are needed for you and I to accelerate the final product or outcome that ultimately solves a problem. However, I think the church in general is still operating only in addition and subtraction. Think about it with me for a moment. If I said to you and asked the question, say we're outside of church, Okay, because I got a churchy answer for service when I, when I asked this question. If I said you can multiply anything in your life right now, what would it be? Money. You guys got to shout it. I, wisdom, faith, money, favor. Okay. Miracles. But listen, if we were at Starbucks, come on. Drinking a cold foam cold brew, you would not say, well, you might. <laughs> but most likely, if I asked you that question, what do you want to multiply in your life right now? You'd say, my bank account. Most of us would say, my entrepreneurial innovative skills. Most of us would say, my followers on Facebook and Instagram. Come on. If we asked you what was the most, some of you would say, my influence. I want to be an influencer. Some of us that have been around a while, we, and we're over 50 like myself, some of us would say, oh, I pray that God would multiply my time. <laughs> Come on. Some of you at the halfway mark know what I'm talking about. Come on. But very few of us would say our spiritual lives or our church. Why? Because I believe in the church, we've settled for simple math. One plus one plus one plus one. How many know you can keep adding and it takes a while to get where you want to go? This was the expectation of the early disciples in the book of Acts. Peter tells us here that believers as believers, that as we grow in the knowledge, come on, of God and Jesus Christ, we should see kingdom qualities multiplying in our lives. Listen, which means this, listen, I shouldn't be at the same level spiritually in 2021 that I was going into the pandemic. Something 
something should have multiplied in my life. Something, listen, should have accelerated in my life. But because we don't tend our heart, because we don't guard our heart, what was multiplied, come on, was chaos. What was multiplied was confusion. What was multiplied was our mess that we kept stuffing down and down and down. But listen, when we, listen, when we're focused on a healthy view of God, listen, when the crisis comes, come on, when the critical situation comes, what's multiplied is God's virtue in your life. It's the view of God. This is why worship is not a warm-up exercise. This is why, listen, we should be lined up, ready to get into church, ready to worship, ready to get our seat. We should be, I was talking to a friend this week right here in Sacramento. I was talking to, we were talking about revival, how, you know, Jesus Christ is the only answer for what, come on, for what's going on in our world today. Jesus is the only answer. And I'll say that and people will say, oh, you're simplifying the gospel. You're simplifying the gospel. That's what Jesus came to give us. The simple gospel. Things in our, in our culture making things so complex. Come on, has a generation confused on who they are. They don't know who they are. Questioning the very basics of, come on, the biblical mandate of who he created us to be. I'm not afraid to preach about it. People say, well, you don't speak. You haven't been here in four years. I've preached on this stuff. Listen, my view of God, come on, my view of God, listen, now I counter his virtue. I encounter all that he is. Listen, all that he is, listen, comes imparted into my life. This was the expectation of the early disciples in the book of Acts. Acts 6, 7, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. When's the last time we've seen a discipleship multiplication in the church? I'm just asking. Anybody, I haven't seen one. I haven't seen multiplication. I see it happening around the world. I see it happening in different places. This is one of the reasons why we've opened baptism up. Anybody wants to get baptized, we'll baptize you on the spot. We're having baptisms in a couple of weeks. Listen, we want people to publicly, listen, declare, listen, their allegiance to Christ. This is where it's coming down to. People got to know where we stand and who we stand for. <laughs> There's a church, Long Hollow, Long Hollow Church in Texas. They got their baptism tank out, and after the baptism, the Lord told the pastor, he said, I want you to leave it out every week. Since December, listen, they've baptized over 1,500 people. God is moving. Multiplication, Acts 9.31, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. How much of that you see going on today? Seriously. Come on, how many people are building up the church? Come on, we got pastors slamming this pastor and pastors talking about what this pastor's doing and what they're not doing. Come on, somebody, that ain't it. It's the peace of God. Being built up in him together. 
Acts 12, 24, but the word of God increased and multiplied. Come on. You see, my view of God multiplies God's virtue in my life and raises the standard of who he is in my life. Nothing wrong with addition, but how many know it's gonna take a lot longer to get where you wanna go and do what you wanna do? One plus one plus one plus one. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Some of you have been adding all your lives. One plus one plus one. You see, the problem is if we stay satisfied with addition, most likely we'll get comfortable with subtraction and division. And what happens is we allow the enemy unknowingly because we've lost our gaze. Come on, our eyes is no longer fixed on Jesus anymore. It's fixed on everything else, every problem, every crisis, every debate, every this, every that. But listen, Peter's saying, listen, know what? Fix your view, come on, on the nature and the knowledge of God because that's what matters most than anything else. And what happens when we lose our gaze? The enemy will take away your joy. Come on, how you know he'll subtract your faith? Come on, he'll take away your peace. Come on, he'll take away anything that you're willing to give him. How many know the enemy will come in and he'll divide us like he has? Why? Because we're not experiencing what we were created for. We're not experiencing the anointing of multiplication. We've just as a church said, oh, I'm just good with simple math, addition, one plus one. Oh, you can take away these many people. You can take away, oh, you can divide my church in half. That's okay. No, no, it's not okay. God wants to release the anointing of multiplication to his people. Each and every one of us has a multiplication mandate on our lives. This is part of our purpose. Come on, when God created male and female, Genesis 1:27 in verse 28, he said, "Be fruitful and multiply." He said, not only do that, he said, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Listen, can I ask you this? Is God's virtue multiplying in your life or are things being taken away freely in your life? Peter said, may grace and peace be multiplied. Man, I'm already going over time. I got on a little rabbit trail, glory to God. I got to the third point in my four-point message last service, but... I might just get to, I'm going to find a landing place because I feel like the Lord wants to do something. But Peter wrote, listen to what the essence of he wrote. He said, may grace and peace be multiplied in your life. How many Christians you know are operating in the fullness of his grace in this season? If we're honest Listen, there are folks that we've known for years, they don't have grace for themselves and they don't have grace for anybody else. Listen, they know of God, but they don't really 
they're not really in touch with the grace of God. They know of God. They know about his peace, but they're not really in touch with their peace. They've never been through a storm. They've never been through anything that required them to grab a hold of something greater. It's the peace of God, come on, which passes all understanding. The grace of God is this multiplying in your life. It's on the screens. That which affords joy pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, grace of speech. Yes, and Facebook comments count. Goodwill, loving kindness, and favor. You see, too many believers are growing in their knowledge about God, but their grace is being subtracted from their life. Help me, Lord. The peace of God. Is the peace of God multiplying in your life? You could go to that screen, please. I love this definition. This is in the original language. The peace of God is the exemption from rage and havoc of war. How many of you have seen some war between some believers on social media? We're not walking in the peace. We're walking in the crisis. We're not walking in the peace. Listen, we're allowing confusion to come in and disconnect us as the body. Exemption from the rage and havoc of war. Peace between individuals. Harmony, concord, security, safety, prosperity. I love this. Felicity. You know what felicity is? It's intense happiness. Come on, have you ever been intense and happy at the same time? Come on, I just want to know how many intense and happy people are in here that would say, you know what, hallelujah, went to church and my son got set free. Went to church and I got set free in the name of Jesus. Went to church and my life is totally changed. Went to church and God provided supernaturally. Went to church, tuned in online, and the destiny of my life is changed forever. They say, Pastor Dean, why are you so intense? I'm not intense. I'm happy. I'm happy, happy, happy. They say, Pastor Dean, why are you yelling so much? It's the happiness of God. But listen, intimacy with God will lead you and I to intense happiness. Where is the intense happiness in the body of Christ. Come on, we're so intense about other things. But did you see what they wrote on All the meanwhile, the devil's subtracting our joy. Come on, he's sucking the peace out of your life. Come on, he's taking the faith. And come on, he, he's, he's just sucking everything out of you because you're so intense about everything else. But you've not lost your intimacy with God in the meantime, and you've lost your intense happiness. That's why I'm so fired up. Because the power of God has given us all we need to live for God. Again, I'm not giving you a how-to. I'm giving you what's available to us. I'm giving you today, listen, 
Every one of us has access to this. There's nothing that you and I have to do except believe Jesus Christ and say, God, I receive everything that you died for, everything that you paid for. God, I receive your freedom. God, I receive your love. God, I receive your peace. Some of you being tormented in your mind, tormented in your life. Some of you constantly going through storms by the decisions that you're making. But listen, there's the attributes of God. Listen, that want to invade your life. The power of God has given us all we need to live for God. Verse three, by his divine power, God has given us everything. Everybody say everything. Everything we need for living a godly life. We received, we have received all of this. Everyone say all of this. See, most of us live with some of this. Some of it, we just settle for some of what God has given us, not all of what God has given us. We have received all of this by what? By knowing him. Come on, by being his friend. Not being a nervous child. Not being scared to approach daddy God with my weakness or my struggle or my latest failure, or my defeat. Not, not able to go to God with, my, with that need that's been weighing me down for years. It's by his power, by coming to know him. The word power there is the word dunamis, right? It's where we get the word dynamite. Most of us know that. It's God's strength, power, and ability through my life that brings forth the fruit in my life. Here's the truth behind that. Aren't you glad that it does, the fruit in your life doesn't depend on you? It depends on the Spirit of God. Come on, it's the Holy Spirit working in your life. It's God doing his work. It's the very thing that God started in you. Come on, that he's bringing to completion. Therefore, listen, if I understand and I'm receiving everything that, he, that I need to live my life according to his power, when I'm living for God, I understand it's not a to-do list. It's a decision that we make to receive his power, to trust in his power, and to live in his power. Some of you are living powerless lives simply because you're choosing to live a powerless life. Some of us are living powerless because we have refused to receive his power. We say things this like, like this to ourselves. Well, I'm, I'm just gonna do this thing all by myself. I'll show them what I can do Come on, I'll prove to them who I am. When I first got saved, for the first six months, I tried to live a godly life through my own effort. Can I just tell you that was one miserable life? <laughs> I was 18 years old, six months into my Christianity, just saying, God, I can't do this anymore. If my life was a roller coaster, I was up one day, down the next, up one day, living my 
And I didn't even go to church because no one invited me to church. I went to youth group with my, with my brother right here, and I would live from Wednesday to Wednesday. So a Wednesday, hallelujah. Come on, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, hallelujah. And I lived my life that way. Listen, trying to do, trying to be good enough. Didn't understand the grace of God. Didn't understand that God had given me everything that I need to, come on, to overcome my addiction to alcohol, to overcome my addiction to smoking weed, to overcome my addiction, come on, of sexual perversion. God, God had given me everything I need. I just didn't receive it. And my life was like this, woo, up and down and up and down until I just decided to say, God, I can't do this anymore. If this is what you saved me to, I'm going back to the way I'm living. God, if this is what you saved me, and God said, you know, no, 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 I've got so much more for you that I want to multiply in your life and through your life. God has given us everything we need. We have received all of this. Everybody say all of this. All that is necessary, all that is needed, all that is essential, all that he is, we have received, listen, through a personal friendship. Some of us got to move past even the relationship. Some of you are like, do you serve God? Well, I'm in a relationship. No, no, no. Do you serve God? Yeah, Jesus is my best friend. I've got the Holy Spirit. Come on, guiding me on the inside. Come on, I'm fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, not just in my 30-minute devotional time. I'm fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit all day long. That's what God longs for us. He longs for us just to have a friendship. Can we just take like the one, two, three of how to live a godly life off of living a godly life and just allow the power of God Come on, to ignite our lives. Come on, to ignite our friendship with him so that he can multiply his goodness. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come as I close because this is what I wanna close with. Our pursuit of the glory of God leads us to the promised nature of God. This is why we're doing glory nights, you guys. I was so excited uh, last week, I just went one more time to go see my dad to help him with his rehab uh, as much as I could help a 75-year-old uh, learn how to rehab. Uh, yeah, that's a whole nother story. But um, was gone last week and was so excited that 150 hungry people showed up to glory night. Come on. Come on, I, I just to let you know, I don't know when the last time 150 people came to a, a prayer, glory, pursuit night. And I'm just telling you, the glory is going to start increasing at Real Life Church. <clears throat> Listen, I talked to a friend this week. I mentioned this. I don't think I, I did I mention this? My, my friend, uh, pastor here in town, we were just talking about exchanging stories. I was telling him about glory night. He said, Dean, he said, we came from camp. He said, we came back from our camp. And I challenged the church. I said, why does God do everything 90 miles away, but when we come home, we just settle, come on, for the same old, same old. Come on, you had a mountaintop experience with Jesus 90 miles away, but we come here and you can't even get in touch with God. He said, I want to challenge you, church. He said, I want to challenge you at 8 o'clock. So their services start at the same time. He said, at 8 o'clock, I want to challenge everybody.
anybody who wants to come out. It's open to anybody and everybody. We're going to pray from 8 to 8.30 before the service starts. He said, Dean, I've never seen it. He said, I've been the pastor here 30 plus years. We've had prayer meetings that fizzled. We had, we had prayer campaigns that died out. But he said, there was a fresh fire that started last Sunday when I called the church and I just said, I just want you to come out and pray. He said, I had 155 people show up at 8 o'clock from 8.30 just praying over every seat. Come on, they had an expectation that God was going to move. How many know, come on, we need the glory of God. You see, the greatest promises of God to deliver you from your sinful nature, and uh, let me just say it this way, the great promises of God, The greatest promises of God deliver us from our sinful nature and they take us to sharing in his divine nature. The greatest promises of God will lead you and I to the greatness of our God and to the greatness of God in us. Come on, how do you know you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you? I close with this scripture, Romans 8, 5, and 6. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature. How many know we got a naughty nature and we got a new nature? Let me try this side. How many know we got a naughty nature and a new nature? Come on, we got a sinful nature and we're got a new nature. How many know we've got to renew our mind? Come on. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and what? Peace. Verse 7, I'm going to read it. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law. It never will. That's why those who are still under control of the sinful nature can never please God. Verse 9, but you are, con- you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Come on. This is what I want you to get. You are controlled. Come on. By the spirit of the living God inside of you. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. Listen, can I just say this in closing? And I promise I'm going to close. Listen, we have to stop as believers, as children of God. We have to stop getting dominated, come on, by our sinful nature. And we've got to be determined to allow the spirit of God, the divine nature, come on. Something inside us has got to rise up. Something in us has got to expect something bigger than what we experienced yesterday or last year or 10 years ago at that youth conference. Whatever it may be, something in us, listen, something in our new nature has to desire something new. If if something's going to change, listen, something new has to stir up inside of us but let's stop getting dominated and let's make a choice today to allow the spirit of God the divine nature inside of you to allow you to think different act different believe different worship different and live different welcome welcome to RLC